All right, Steve. Hey. Here we are. It's week four. Week four. All right, so a couple administrative things first. Um, first of all, we're changing up um, some things with the podcast um, so that we can get it out there a little bit broader. So we're going to do both an audio one that will be um, available on Spotify and um, a few other podcast sites. And then we're going to do a video version that'll be on YouTube. Both will be posted onto Facebook with the links to both. Um, and um, we encourage anybody that's listening to comment. Um, let us know what you would like us to do, what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong. And... Um, yeah, we'd like we'd like to encourage feedback. We've got some really good feedback already that we're going to incorporate in this show and a couple ideas for later down the road. <clears throat> um, I think one good thing that one feedback that we got from a positive perspective was that I had a buddy tell me it's the only podcast that I watch about football where it feels like I'm sitting at the bar just having a discussion. And at first I started thinking about it. I'm like, oh, I don't know if that's what we're going for. But then I started looking at other podcasts and they're all like, rah, rah, happy, happy, you know, and it's almost like you're just pushing information down your throat. So I kind of like that aspect that we're just having a real conversation, just like we would at the dinner table. Okay. Um, all right. So, um, last week was an interesting week. Um, I think we got a lot of things, right? We had a lot of wins. It was a good week for us. Um, I actually played a teaser card. Um, I don't know how well that's going to come through the camera. Um, but I had 13 games picked and it was just the Cardinals with that field goal at the end that screwed me up. <laughs> 12 um, out of 13. 12 out of 13, 2,500 bucks down the drain. But, um. On what, a $10 card? Uh, 25. Oh, stepped it up this week. I did. I upped it five bucks. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So let's move on to this week's slate of games. And um, I guess we should talk first about uh, we have one less game on the schedule. And it was probably my favorite game. Of course, there's a reason for that. And I don't know if you can see my shirt. It was a Facebook buy, um, but I like it. Tannehill for president. Tannehill like Henry it. making the Titans great again. So of all teams, uh, my Titans have the COVID going around and they're screwing everything up. So, um, yeah. So this week we're going to lose uh, Pittsburgh and Tennessee, especially from a fantasy perspective. That's a, there's a lot of players involved there, a lot of key players involved in, in there. So you got to make sure that you get uh, your roster situated before Sunday and make the drop ads. Like, for instance, you could have uh, Pittsburgh Steelers defense and not, you know, not be paying attention. You come Sunday and if your waiver wire shut down, you'll play without a defense. I'm totally screwed in our league, by the way. Yeah. Well, Derrick Henry's. Gonna, I got a shitty team. I got no Derrick Henry, no John U. Smith, uh, no Michael Thomas now. And uh, so, what can you do? Michael Thomas is a big impact. I thought he was going to play this week, but he's already officially rolled out. So, um, all right. So let's get started here. First game on the list is Indianapolis at Chicago. And when I first looked at this game, I thought I was, I don't trust Phillip Rivers on the road. I got to take Chicago. But then I realized something. And Steve, as a fan of the Eagles, I think that you would largely credit 
the Super Bowl win to Frank Reich and his work with Nick Foles. Is that correct? Absolutely. But this is a toss up because you got the quarterback and the guy, the quarterback whisperer, right? Going against each other. So Nick Foles is, uh, came in at halftime and <clears throat> destroyed the Atlanta Falcons last week. They had a horrible season and now um, has been garnered the starter going forward. So we'll see what happens. So there was a quote from Nick Foles, um, recently about Frank Reich. And he basically said that, um, Reich focused on his strengths and weaknesses and built the offense around him. Um, he was the one who really figured me out as a player and realized that we had it all wrong. We studied you and these are the plays you do. So that would tell me that um, Frank Reich knows what Foles weaknesses are and he can exploit them. So I am taking the Colts. Well, Basically, when Nick Foles had a lot of success, it's running, it's it's going with the run pass option, right? Where he can make a split decision based off of a read and deliver the ball quickly. So Frank Reich definitely knows that's his strength and the type of plays that he likes to run because Frank Reich built that in 2017 for Nick Foles to be successful with the Eagles championship run. So I could I'm completely on board with you. If you look at the game. Indy is a, well, it started at a pick at Chicago and Indy's been bet up to two and a half, three points. And to be honest with you, I love Nick Foles. So I'm not going to say anything bad about Nick Foles, but Nick Foles does have a tendency to struggle <clears throat> during regular season games, especially when he's just starting out. You have to ride with him. It can't be a quarterback carousel if you expect to have success at the end. So with that said, I expect him to struggle a little bit here as a starting quarterback. The question is, do they have enough patience to leave him in there? And this is going to be a tough game for them to win. Well, and I also think, I mean, the Colts probably, and that's maybe a little underrated, but they have a very good secondary. Um, they're actually number one um, on Football Outsiders DVOA uh, ratings right now. So, um, yeah, I'm definitely taking the Colts in this one. Uh, not that I trust Phil Rivers a whole lot, but um, I think they'll get it done. Well, the other thing is, if you look at the schedule and the ca the calendar so far, the Bears are three and zero. Are they going to go to four and zero? You know, the, we talked about the ebb and, ebbs and flows of the season. Bears are not world beaters by any means. They are playing at home. They're a home dog, so it scares me a little bit. I would lead towards the Colts, but this isn't one of my. Um, I wouldn't say this is one of my top plays. Probably mid play. I wouldn't go crazy on this game. Okay, and you might have. Should we comment about this now? Um, <laughs> yeah, let's do it because uh, you know, reviewing so, the podcast. Go ahead. Okay. So um, last week, Steve always re-listens the, to the podcast after I put it up. And um, he was listening to it and I was like across the room. But all I could hear was, um, um, um. And I was like, Steve, you got to turn it off. It was like nails on a chalkboard. You it was like driving me insane. Like <laughs> so and I didn't even realize that I do it and I'm trying to not do it as much. So we'll see so how that goes. So I bought this goes. board to embarrass her to get her to stop saying um every three seconds. So, but um, wait, we'll try. You did it so again. Hopefully. You did it again. Did I? So I um, didn't even know it. Okay. All right. So I'm going to try to work on that. Um, and maybe did this, it again. this will help. I said, so I'm going to try to work on it. So, um, I'm going to try to I don't work think on so. it. We'll go play but it on the tape. It's we'll, recorded. We'll see. All right. So let's move on to the next game. Because I don't think my arm's strong enough to keep going back and <laughs> lifting a sign every time you say, um. All right. We have the New Orleans Saints, um, at Detroit. Um. 
and um, just did it. So my initial read on this game was the Saints need this win. They're one and two. Drew Brees' time is running out. They need the win if they're going to make it to the playoffs this year. And he's going to get another Super Bowl before he uh, retires. But the Saints have got a lot of injuries. So Michael Thomas is already officially ruled out. Um, Jared Cook is also out. Their two top cornerbacks, uh, Marshawn Lattimore and Janoris Jenkins, are both out. Um, So I think I'm going to switch sides and I'm going to take Detroit on this one. Last week, Kenny Galladay came back, um, and that made a big difference, I think, in uh, their victory against the Cardinals, and that was the one that screwed up my card over there. So I'm definitely going to go with the Lions. The Lions or the um Lions? The Lions, (laughs) the Detroit Lions. All right, I like the Lions here, too. This is a big play for me because the bottom line here is the same as last week. No Michael Thomas. Drew Brees is shot. He's yeah, I will say years old. They can't get the 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 ball down the field without somebody like Michael Thomas on the field. There's nobody else. You're not gonna. Emmanuel Sanders is getting older. He's not gonna carry it. He's a nice little receiver, but he's not Michael Thomas. And they look like a completely different offense without Michael Thomas on the field. Well, I wonder to what extent the Saints. <laughs> like, I feel like a team like Green Bay, like when um, Devontae Adams goes down. They, I feel like they work with the other receivers and try to like, you know, build the chemistry so they have the other options. I don't feel like the Saints really do that. Like the, the offense really does run through Thomas and Kamara. And I don't know that they've really like tried to incorporate Sanders and uh, Traquan Smith as much into the offense. Well, you have a guy that's historically the knock on Drew Brees is he hasn't had, you know, he's short. But also, they doesn't have the arm strength that these other slingers have. Aaron Rodgers is the premier slinger in the league. So he can make things happen almost without any wide receiver. You know, if, he, if he's, got a, he's got a cast of scrubs other than Adams. I mean, really, if you look at it. But he spreads the ball around. I mean, you'll see those guys step up and make plays. And maybe they don't make as many plays as they could or they should. But, I mean, they get it done. Like if I don't- he can't deliver the ball fast enough like Drew Brees then well, he's not going to have confidence to throw the ball to those guys. Yeah, but what's, what's Aaron Emmanuel? Rodgers can fit it in any window on the field. What's Emmanuel Sanders, though? A slot receiver. Yeah, true. For the most part. So, I mean, isn't that where you go when you don't have the ability to get the ball, ball downfield? So as much as I hate to jump on Matt Patricia and uh, <laughs> and Stafford, I, I think this is like top, this is arguably top play. Not the top play, but this is very close. I think you just, they're at home. They're getting four points down to three. Hmm. I think you get it. If you're, if you're getting three points with Detroit, I think you got to take it. Yeah. Well, I think having Galladay back helps them. And it's funny because that was the one game that I lost on the card. And we did say during the podcast out of all like the um, underdogs that if anybody was going to pull out the victory last week, it would be Detroit. And that did happen. The crazy so thing is if the like, saints lose this game, they're one and three. Yeah. <laughs> I thought they would be one and three to start, but now, that's what Mike, happens. If Michael Thomas was playing, I would probably stick with the, the saints, but I also if Michael just, Thomas is playing. I'm all over the saints. Yeah. And this I, line's probably more like eight and a half, but you can run on Detroit. Um, so I do see a big game for Alvin Kamara. Um, but I don't know if it'll be enough. So, all right, moving on all right, to so the we both next. Both like Detroit. 
game. Uh, both like Indy, we both like Detroit. So that's the only thing I feel positive about coming in this week is we seem to be aligned so far. Yeah. Well, even last week on our cards, I think you missed on two and it was, I think it was Arizona too. And, the and Washington. Fal- no, Falcons. Oh, I, I didn't even play Washington, Washington on the card. card. Yeah, because I played the card before the on Thursday. And then Friday I came to the revela- revelation that Washington was the was gonna be my uh upset of of the uh season. And well we'll talk more about that later. All right. So Arizona at Carolina. Now um DeAndre Hopkins has not been at practice all week and um apparently he's gonna be a game time decision this week. So that's kind of scary. Um, for him to not be there. Um, but I do think that the um, Carolina team can be run on. So I'm, I'm going to stick with uh, Arizona, even if DeAndre Hopkins doesn't play. I don't know that I feel really strong about it, but. I'm a big Hopkins fan and I almost feel the same way about New Orleans. Not that I think Arizona can has more weapons than New Orleans, but Hopkins is a huge miss. I mean, he's, a big weapon. And if he's going to be out, I think they're going to struggle. Just as Arizona, I know everybody's hot on Arizona and, and likes the players from a fantasy perspective. I do too. But I think you got to look at a game like this. And even though Carolina is not impressive, they don't have CMC. You look at them. They won last week, right? On the road. And if how much credit can you give Arizona, especially when you take away their number one receiving threat, who's top three receiver in the league. So this game scares me, but Hopkins still might play. I mean, he's not definitely out, right? I mean, he's definitely the guy that if he can, he will. I think it's a game time decision. Yeah. So if he plays, I do like Arizona, but if he doesn't play, I'd stay away. I don't know. It's an ankle. How effective can you be? If your ankles hurt. If he's on the field, he's going to be effective. If he can't play because his ankle hurts, he's not going to play. Okay. That's how that works. All right. So who are you taking here? Nobody. Nobody. All right. Um, all right. Next game, Jacksonville at Cincinnati. Two crappy teams playing each other. I generally avoid these situations. Now, I think um, DJ, DJ Shark is going to be back this week. Um, so I think that would make a difference. I was very interested to see Jacksonville last week, but we didn't really get to see much. So I still don't know what to make of them. And I'm not going to pick a side on this game. I am. I like Jacksonville. I like Jacksonville a lot. If Shard's back, Jacksonville's a different kind of offense. I know last week they struggled without him. You see it looks like a completely issue. Couldn't get the ball down the field, especially in the second half. Um, but I think if Shard's back... Shark. Not Shard. Baby Shark is back. <laughs> and I think that they're going to they're gonna win the game. Cincinnati's no good. I mean, I know everybody's about Joe Barrow, and he does look good. He's going to be a quality quarterback. But they got the tie last week. They could build some momentum off that, but I just like Jacksonville here. They're getting points against Cincinnati, and again, these two bad teams take the points. Now, what's Jacksonville's record? Are they one and two? Jacksonville is one and two. Bengals are 0-2 and one. Oh, that's right. I was going to say they were 0-3, but that's right. They're 0-2 and one. Yeah, we'll they ta- they we'll tied ta- last week. We'll talk about that later. All right. Moving on to the next game, Cleveland at Dallas. And I don't really have too much to say about this game. Um, It should be one of the higher scoring games of the week. But I just, I don't know what to do with Cleveland. I really don't. 
Well, the over started at 54 and it's up to 56 now. So I think you might see it a little bit higher, but we're probably locked in right around 56, maybe 56 and a half or 57 by kickoff. I mean, Dallas has been playing a lot of offense, not so much on the defense, but I, I, I don't know. I just don't know what to make of Cleveland. I don't know what to do with Cleveland. Like playing anybody from Cleveland other than maybe like Nick Chubb just doesn't feel good. So... Well, I'm not taking Dallas right at this point in the season as a four and a half point favorite on anybody, but I'm sure not going to take Cleveland because I just don't know what they're doing. I went against Cleveland last week against the Washington Red uh, football team, but um, I'm going to stay away from this game as well. It's not a, I don't have a really strong feeling on this one. I guess you would have to take Dallas just because, I mean, I, I have to admit I'm kind of a Cleveland hater at this point. They frustrate me. But I'm not going to allow that to creep into my decision making on this game. I'm just going to leave it alone. I just don't see it really developing into like a shootout per se. Um, oh, do you like the under? No, I don't. I don't like to play unders. I prefer to play overs. I know Dallas has given up some points this year, but I, I, I just mean, don't I think see, Cleveland's going to struggle a little bit there. So the under. I just don't see Baker Mayfield doing it. The under might be a play there by the time Sunday rolls around. You right there, Tannehill? Um, Tannehill? <laughs> I got a piece of hair like on my face. It's driving me nuts. All right. So next game up is Minnesota at Houston. And so Minnesota put up a fight last week, but they still lost the game. Um, uh, but I think you're probably on Houston, correct? I am on Houston. And I'd probably I'm going to take agree. Houston until they win a game, damn it. I have to agree with you on this one, but I don't feel good about it. I wouldn't, I don't have a, like a strong feeling on this one, but if I had to pick it, I would take Houston. I could see it going either way. I mean, uh, and it all depends. Is Will Fuller going to stay on the field or not? Cause he's uh pretty good at leaving games injured. The thing that scares me here is the points. It's, it's just a lot of points for an 0 three team and they're both 0 and three. Somebody's got to get a win. Well, not necessarily. We saw that in a Eagles game last week that you don't necessarily have to get a win. But I think this is a spot where I was I was high on Houston last week. They gave up some points at in the fourth quarter and ended up not being the winning side. But I think they're ready. They're coming back home. Vikings are not. They they went on the road earlier this year and got destroyed. I think that uh, Texans are the play here. But I'm not that confident just because they've. They struggled last week. I thought they were going to be able to go into Pittsburgh. And again, a tough game. You start your Texans, you start with Kansas City, Baltimore, and then you got to go to Pittsburgh, which is typically a very difficult stadium to win at, fans or no fans. So they've had the toughest draw so far out of the gate. So I think uh, the Vikings, are they look soft this year. Um, they scored a little bit of points last week against the Titans and, and almost pulled that one out, but... I, I think you got to take the Texans here. I would definitely look to tease it. It's a no-brainer on a tease. But um, this is like a mid-level play for me. So I don't know. I mean, Minnesota wants to run the ball. And you can run on the Texans. So I could see it being like a slow-paced game. You're going to run a lot of clock, right? But if Houston can get up in the beginning and make it kind of like a shootout, then um, Minnesota had that, uh, I don't know his first name, but his last name is Jefferson. Rookie kind of broke out last week. 
Yeah, he was the 22nd pick of the draft, uh, I believe, uh, for, for Minnesota. He is um, from the <clears throat> national champion LSU Tigers. So he did have a breakout game. He scored two touchdowns. So they got him going. But the big player last week was uh, Dalvin Cook. So I know they're going to try to continue to pound Dalvin Cook. I know Houston would like to get David Johnson going. Um, but I, I look for them to uh, outlast Minnesota this week. They should. I would, regardless of if it's four, if it's three, it's betting down. So hopefully you get three by kickoff. I would, I would take Houston. So the next game is an interesting one. Seattle at Miami. It's a one o'clock game. It's a long trip for Seattle. So Seattle's coming into this game, and I think a lot of people are hot on them. I had them last week as like my play of the week against Dallas. Um, so I think they're going to see a lot of the action this week. But I'll start on this one. I, I like Miami. I, I Seattle's definitely a better team than Miami. But you got to look at the spot of the season. And um, with Seattle coming into this game 3-0 on the road, they're going to be giving up about 5.5 points. Looks like uh, five points in some places to Miami at home. I just think this is a game where the public's going to go heavy on Seattle. Miami's going to find a way to keep it inside a touchdown and end up uh, stealing the win here. Yeah, so, I mean, does this line feel low? Like, should it be higher? Not to me. No? No, I mean, I think the fact that they're traveling across the country on the road Six so points, six like and a half is where they put them. And I, I bet you Vegas put out six and a half. They figured they'd probably have to push it up to seven. But do you, do you feel like Vegas way. is trying to bait you into taking Seattle? Um, a, a little bit here. It's probably more realistic, like a, you know, interconference game, three point game, three point line, three and a half, maybe. Um, but Seattle's arguably playing some of the best, you know, they're playing is some this, of the best football in the league, not yeah, unarguably so this, and arguably the best team in the league right now. Is this, well, I don't know about that. There's a lot of good teams in the league right now. That's why I said arguably. That means that you could choose another team and argue about it. So it's not clear cut. I thought, okay, never mind. I thought you were changing it and saying like affirmatively, they are the best um, team. They're arguably, meaning there's other teams you could say like Kansas City. Green Bay. Green Bay. Okay. I, is this a letdown spot? It's Miami. I like Miami. What do you think about the game? Well, do you think it's a letdown spot for Seattle? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. They're coming off that big win against Dallas. And honestly, they were lucky to cover. It probably should have been a two or three point game. Do you think maybe they kind of changed the game plan a little bit though? Because Seattle typically is a team that wants to run the ball first. And they haven't really done that this year so far. No, so Seattle's going to try to do Seattle and they're going to look to take their shots downfield. Um, so you don't think they're going to change Metcalf and lock it. I mean, that's that they, they don't really change their, I don't really see them changing at all. They try to early establish the run. That's and then they point. rock the, the play action and go deep. That is the winning chemistry. The reason why that works so well for them is because Russell Wilson is deadly accurate on the deep ball. Deadly accurate. So but he's been throwing more this year than he has in past years. Yeah, absolutely. He's got I mean, you don't throw four or five touchdowns every game. Yeah, DJ Metcalf is a beast. So is Lockett. I mean, Lockett has been consistently scoring points for years now with Seattle. 
So I guess my question was, do you think that they go into Miami and they try to just run the ball because you can run the ball in Miami, build up a lead and then run the ball some more. And then you got Ryan Fitzpatrick on the other side, who's going to throw the ball downfield and try to get them back in the game. And at the end of the day, they end up in a close game regardless. Yeah, I mean, I think they're going to do what Seattle does every okay. week, which is what Carroll is one of the smartest coaches from a standpoint of game planning. Because I don't agree with that. I, I think, well, they're very. It's very basic concept, I right? Can tell which I you. think teams get away from, and they start throwing the ball too long. You run the ball to suck the defense up, and then you hit them on top, and that's what they try to do. And the best thing about Russell Wilson is that as soon as you think you have everything stopped, he takes off in the pocket. And now he's got, he's 20 yards downfield with a first down. So he's very effective when he has a support as it always usually comes down to, even if you're one of the better quarterbacks, you have to have some players around you. He, they seem to have the right receivers. They seem to have the right running back. What we should talk about, which is big here <clears throat> is I think Carson's out for a couple of weeks here. He's mm, questionable. Is he questionable? Uh, well, I saw earlier that he was out. I thought Hyde was getting the start. That might have been Hyde right. is also questionable. Okay. Well, then that makes it the whole game for Seattle even more questionable if these two guys are coming in nicked up. Well, they got this Travis Homer kid that played a little bit last week. I mean, it's Miami. They're not like a you know stiff run defense. Now, another thing here I is know. that I was high on Miami coming into the season, so I'm trying to make sure that I'm not blinded by my 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 like of Miami. At the end of the day, they're at home. Seattle's coming across the country. Seattle's definitely the better team. I just think it's the situ it's situation football. We're week four. Seattle's 3-0. and um, They could win the game, definitely. Uh, but I think if they win, they keep it inside the number at five. I think it all comes down to which Ryan Fitzpatrick shows up. Is it the one that's going to throw three touchdowns or three picks? And you never know the answer to that question. Unfortunately. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I usually, I'd love to take the points on Miami, but I don't know about this game. Now, I definitely take it on a teaser. I'll take the points on Miami all day on a teaser. So, you could you, even maybe play both sides on so a teaser. So, what side do you like, Miami or Seattle? I think Seattle wins. Do they win by six and a half? Because I don't know what lines you're looking at, but I got it opened at six and a half and it's at a six. I guess over to the six and a half. It's well, six and five. five. You were saying six, five? five and a half and five. I got it's all over the place. All right. Well, I usually just look at the first, which means it's trending down, which six is not, you're not going to get six right. unless there's a swing. I mean, you could get a swing because there could be some hidden Seattle money coming in late because Seattle is one of the better teams. So we'll see. Can know. we move I'll, on to the next game? I'll this play it on a teaser card. I'll game. play both sides on a teaser card. Let's How move about on. That? How about we move on? Okay, let's move on. So next game You're is talking a lot about that game and saying a whole lot of nothing. That's my opinion. Um, okay, next game is L.A. Chargers at Tampa Bay. Okay, Chargers at Tampa Bay. I mean, I really don't have a strong feeling on this game either. Uh, Chargers stink. Tampa Bay will probably roll them, but you know it started at four and a half and it's gone up to seven points. So the public's all all over Tampa Bay, and the love affair with Tom Brady continues. We like Tampa Bay normally, um, but it's like kind Tampa of a wait Bay and see. Week. Do you like them this week? Chris Godwin is out, um, but yeah, I like Tampa Bay. Okay, I'll take them up to a seven. Why I do you like Tampa Bay? Because they're the better team. I mean, what does LA really have going for them? That Justin Hebert didn't look that great last week. 
they played Carolina, they lost. You don't think they can beat Tampa Bay? Or you think they I'm can not questioning you that Tampa's not going to win. I'm you just wanted me to, to say Tom Brady. Insight. I just want you to give some insight <laughs> as opposed to saying they're the better team. You're clearly the better team. Why are you going to pick them, though? You like Tom Brady? You think he's going to do well? Do you have any injuries on the Tampa Bay side? I already told you if you were listening, Steve, you would have heard me. All right. Okay, moving on. Next game. It's uh, funny because when we kind of looked at these games, you said, I, you know, Tampa Bay Chargers. You said, I'm not interested in that game. Then the tape records, and now you like it as your play. I like so the switched. game. I don't have much to say about it. Okay. Next game is Baltimore at Washington. Well, in the slot, it's Pittsburgh, Tennessee. We already talked about that, right? They're on a well, bye. Since it's not being played. <laughs> so they're going to roll to. It's not technically a game this week. Okay, so let's just talk a little bit about the scheduling impact down the road here. So the NFL is basically going to make this their bye weeks, and they've shifted some games around where... They shifted one game. They shifted Pittsburgh back a week um, to play the Ravens. So later in the week, I think it was week six or seven, they're going to push that one back, and where that bye week was, um, I think supposed to be for Pittsburgh, that's where Pittsburgh's going to play at Tennessee. Yeah, so now I guess then that's a whole other conversation. But if that would have been Tennessee's bye week, if these positive tests continue, then it could impact next week, and that's a whole other can of worms. But well, that's a whole scary thing, right? Because we won't worry about that now. We've all been talking about COVID and the impact of missing games, and we kind of thought, all right, well, well the NFL is like- kind of immune. Like they'll just say, okay, let's you know we've got big rosters, you can just fill guys in. So I thought that's the approach they were going to do, but with only five to eight COVID tests positive. Um, for players and personnel as of Friday night, they're rescheduling so, the whole game. So they're definitely being tentative, which scares you um, if you're looking down the road to see what happens with other games. If, you know, inevitably there's going to be somebody else that, that catches this thing. Yeah. Well, it's up to 11 people, two more today. And so they're basically saying like, if it continues like this, it will impact next week's game. Cause I guess there's like maybe like a three to five day thing in between. Yeah. You're supposed to go five days. So you definitely need like the neg- no more positives. But all right, let's move on. We're not going to have that whole debate. Um, so Baltimore at Washington. Now, I definitely think this is a bounce back spot for Baltimore. Because um, they got beat by the Chiefs. Big games. They don't come through. So this is a totally bounce back spot for them. Washington, you got Dwayne Haskins. He's just not very good. Um, so... I would take he Baltimore. cost me the money last week. I would take Baltimore, and I would take Baltimore up to 14. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of got to look at the ebbs and flows of them bouncing back from last week's debacle against Kansas City. And um, especially after what Washington did last week, like I was very frustrated because they had that game. They should have won that game. Yeah, and then Dwayne Haskins throws like three interceptions. Yeah, Haskins is a bum. Yeah, I think they got to move on from him. Yeah, and then Young got hurt early. They were up 7 nothing. Young got hurt on the defensive line, who's an absolute stud in the second pick of the draft, right? Probably should have been the first pick, but you know how the quarterbacks go. They're very, they're highly uh, valued in the draft and tend to go first overall uh, most years. But um, Washington had that game for the picking and so, well, I guess against Cleveland. I wouldn't be surprised to see Haskins get maybe get pulled in this game if he doesn't do well, but she it's probably po- won't. It's possible. So is this a play for you? Would you, you, you would, you would take Baltimore up to 14? Yeah. Because so? Baltimore is the type of team that when they are rolling, I mean, they'll, they'll keep rolling and they'll keep, 
building the score up regardless. So in my mind, so it I doesn't think this necessarily line is gonna... scare me that it's that big. So in my mind, this line is going is not done moving. It's going to continue to go up by Sunday. So let's just say it continues to skyrocket. Like, what is the max you would take? Fourteen. I wouldn't even fourteen and a half. That hook would scare me. All right. Fair enough. I, I mean, agree. two touchdowns. I agree. It's past that. I mean, you you never know in football. Thing is, it's Baltimore, Washington, right? They're only about an hour away from each other, so it's right up the ninety-five corridor. So it's not that much of a road game for Baltimore. I think they bounce back hard here, and it's not really a strong play for me. I mean, if you had to play it, I think you go. I think you go up to sixteen and a half on this one. Yeah, I don't see how you can take Washington under any circumstances, but yeah, it's a survivor play, though. Definitely, it looks like ninety-six percent of the public on Baltimore to win the game outright which should be a no-brainer. But um, if you still have Baltimore, you you definitely want to consider using them. And so I guess the next game on the list is the Giants at the Rams, and that would be the second biggest line that started at a 9 and moved up to 13. So if we're talking Survivor real quick before we get into the actual line, this is my number one play. I would go Rams all day. You should still have them available. Uh, But the Giants are just brutal. Giants are in trouble without Saquon. Um, the offensive line sucks. And it's Jason Garrett. You know, we talked a lot about this in in the earlier podcast, and I was high on Jason Garrett as an offensive coordinator. Now, you got to kind of take it with a grain of salt and evaluating uh, his performance as the offensive coordinator with Saquon out. But even before Saquon got out, they were struggling. And you're going to take time to learn a new offense. But to your point, I'm starting to come over to your side and I'm not having a lot of positive feelings about the giants really clicking with this offense. But as far as this game goes, Rams all day. So now they're, they're traveling across the country. I mean, it's a big, like, I don't know if I would take it at 13, but I mean, they got, they got smacked by San Francisco last week with the backup quarterback, half their freaking starters out. The Giants are really bad right now. So, Both I New mean, York teams are just pitiful. Yeah, it's pretty bad in New York. Um, all right, moving on. All right, the big game of the week I, for me, I think, Kansas City, New England. Not from a gambling perspective, but this is a very intriguing and probably the best matchup. Is it really? Because I was going to say just the opposite. It's not the same matchup that it was in the past. It's not the Tom Brady Patriots anymore. <laughs> so you take Tom Brady out of the equation. It doesn't matter. If you listen to these guys up north in Boston, they are geeked up to have Cam Newton. Really? Yeah, I think it's because mostly because it's like kind of refreshing from what they've well, watched. I think it- the pocket stand, the pocket quarterback stand back there and fire around. Like I'm sure that they would rather have Tom Brady and welcome him back tomorrow, right? But if they're going to win with Cam and they're going to do it from a running style of quarterback standpoint, and by the way, I mean he's throwing the heck out of the ball. Julian Edelman looks like uh, well, he's having one of his best starts to a season ever. Now you're not referring to last week because Cam didn't look that good last week and Julian Edelman didn't do anything last week. He caught about five passes, I think, got like 60 I yards. I don't think so. I think he had like two, maybe five targets, two catches. Oh, yeah? Okay. We'll keep talking about this game and I'll look it up. So um, I personally, I just don't think it's the same matchup, but I'm going to take the Kansas City Chiefs. I just don't think that they have the weapons or the firepower to keep up with the Chiefs. 
And I definitely think it's it's a game that Andy Reid's going to be prepared for. So I don't see any path for New England to win. Now, the line actually went down from an eight to a seven. Um, but I would take it at a seven. I like seven and a half would probably scare me off of it. Yeah, I mean, the stats are unbelievable for Kansas City against the spread. I think it's their like 11 and one in their last 12. Um, it's at Kansas City. Yeah, last week they were on the road and they were getting points, but we're kind of all over Kansas City because of the fact that they were getting points. And anytime you're getting points with Kansas City, I think you just got to take them and not even worry about who they're playing. And that was the case last week. This is a little bit of a different ball game, right? We're at, we're at a touchdown. Do you feel comfortable enough that, you know, the, Kansas City can beat them by more than a touchdown? I personally do not. We're dealing with Belichick. I think that, that he can D them up enough and get some points on the board um, where they're going to keep it inside seven. Mm. Honestly, for me, this is one of those games where I expect Kansas City to win, but New England to keep it close to I cover. Think- you know, Belichick's a smart enough coach that he can win those games against the inferior teams and the comparable teams, but I think the Kansas City Chiefs are just a step above. Well, again, it's and I hard don't think, to go I don't against. think there's any way that you can do it. Like, Belichick can't do it with the team that he's got. So, officially, I'm leaving this game alone. I'm not going to play it, but... I think if you force but me you to, like I, would, I would play the Patriots, even though I was goo goo gaga in Kansas City in 11 and 1 in the last 12, because they got to lose at some point, right? But mm-hmm. I think they're coming. This is another. So this is the point I will make. And by Sunday, I might get there on New England even stronger. And this is why. When we look at the ebbs and flows of the season, I've talked about that a lot. You kind of got to get that feeling for where they are and not exactly who the team is, but is there areas where, hey, they might have a letdown, things like that. Kansas City has proven that they can be emotional and have the letdown. They won the, they they got the ring week one. They looked great. They came back and had a letdown against the Chargers. Barely won, won. Went into overtime, but barely won. The Chargers stink. They shouldn't even be like close in the scoreboard. But it's a division matchup. Kansas City went on the road and they were looking ahead to the following week against Baltimore. All right, so they almost lost. They didn't cover. They come into Baltimore. They destroy them. So now we're back on the downswing. They're going to be geeked up. But you're up going to play up against Belichick. You don't think he's going to be like, you don't think that's like a rivalry? It in definitely Andy is. Head? Andy Reid definitely is pumped up for this game. But because I think Mahomes and the players, there's no Tom Brady over there to get as amped up as it would have been. Uh, they would have been excited to play this game in the past. And for them, their number one challenger is Baltimore. That emotional game was last week. Okay. I'm going to talk myself into playing New England by the time the game starts. So you guys should probably play them. <laughs> Might make them a pick by the end of this podcast. All right, let's let's move on to the next game here. Buffalo at Las Vegas. I have a strong play on this one, too. I like Las Vegas. I didn't like them last week. I do like them this week. I actually played Buffalo last week. But again, when you look at the spot, Buffalo's coming to Vegas. It's a four o'clock start. Um, They're a three-point favorite. It's three and a half in some places. They open at two and a half, and it's up to three, three and a half. If you get four points by Sunday... I think you take Vegas. I think they can keep them inside uh, a field goal. I don't know. I don't have a a strong take on this game. Like I like Buffalo as a team way better than Vegas. It's just the spot that they're in that I like Vegas. Yeah. I don't, I don't have really any take on this game. Now the key is going to be if they can take away the tight end, then you see that Oakland's going to, or Vegas is going to be in trouble because it looked like their tight end was their number one 
target. And when they had success, when they won games like against New Orleans, they moved up and down the field with him. So we'll see. Well, I think Buffalo is probably built. Their defense is built in a way that they can do that. Maybe they can follow like the Bill Belichick plan from good. last week. Um, so maybe they can they can limit them. So I don't know. I'm rolling with Buffalo. I mean, I don't have a strong take on it, but I like Josh Allen a lot. He's my fantasy quarterback. I really do like Buffalo, and I like Buffalo this season, but not in this week. I'm going to go Vegas. Hey, you want to make this one of our action games? No, because Give me I three points. What did I just say? You like Buffalo? I don't have you a like feel. Josh Allen. No, I in general, like as a team, I like Buffalo. Uh, I, just, I like just Josh Allen. There, I don't like I Buffalo in this game. Well, we got to find something to bet on here because you owe me money. Well, hey, let's bet on the next game. The next game is Philadelphia at San Francisco. This is perfect, Steve. It's your team. So it's been a rough one. I'm not allowed to talk about this game, I thought. It's been a rough one. It's been a real rough one. Your Eagles are 0-2-1. And And that game was absolutely brutal last week. Now, here's a question for you because I, I... saw a lot that people disagreed with um i'm drawing a blank on his name what's the coach's name doug peterson doug peterson it was a um dougie p it was a mistake not to kick the 64 yard field goal do you agree with that because i thought it was the right call i don't agree with that because i think it was the right call for this reason and i mean hey it's philly they're gonna kill him in the media for whatever he does and if they don't win the game then they're gonna be in hindsight and destroy but you would have given the ball back to the other side that's why i wouldn't have done it this guy elliot's not kicking a 64 yarder i've seen him kicking the link he's not kicking anything 64 yards um can anybody kick 64 yards unless like denver or yeah there's guys that can kick that um the problem here is that, like you said, if you miss it, you're giving up that field position and you do still have, it wasn't like. I mean, there wasn't it. a lot of time, but there was probably enough time to move the ball. No, it wasn't kicking and the game's over. It wasn't that situation. There was still, in, it was inside a minute, I believe, but there was still time for Burroughs to get the ball back. I think he probably only would have had to go 15 or 20 yards, if that, and their kicker has a strong leg. So I, it, it's embarrassing. Let's just say. They kick the field goal. The Eagles try to kick the field goal and they miss it. Or worse, you're going to have a lower trajectory when it comes out. So it's going to have a better chance of getting blocked. So if it gets blocked, you can pick it up and run it back. Imagine the news and the media in Philadelphia if they would have gotten it blocked in overtime with less than 30 seconds left and ran back for a touchdown or missed the field goal, then given up because that defense wasn't stopping anything. They were giving up chunks of yards all day. Gave up a 20-yard pass out. Um to one of these receivers, step out of bounds and kick the field goal and lose it home to the Bengals and Joe Barrow. That would have been horrible. So anyway, I take the tie. Hopefully they can figure this thing out uh, in the upcoming weeks. Do you really think they can? No, I don't. I am. This is probably not the spot either. I didn't want to talk about it. You told me I wasn't allowed to talk about this game and I was happy with that, but you baited me in to talk about it. And now the homers starting to come out, but I, I'm, I don't want to talk about this game. This is the night game. Yeah, so this is Sunday game. I will talk about some of the impacts on the other side, though. You have Debo Samuel coming back. I tried to give some fantasy advice last week to pick up Debo Samuel, but um, now the the rumor is out that he is definitely back. So if he's but still limited, your, if, he's, if he's still on your waiver wire, uh, pick him up, scoop him up. But you're, you're most likely too late. So the situation is he is limited. I wouldn't play him this week because. Um, Shanahan's come out and said he's going to ease him back into the rotation. So what that means, how desperate they get, 
you know, does he end up playing more snaps on Sunday night? I don't know. I would keep this guy healthy because San Francisco is not worried about week three, week four. They're worried about the Super Bowl. So they are getting Kittle back this week. That's the other one. And you guys have given up some production to the tight end position. So I don't see how you guys win this game. No, I really the linebackers don't. Can't I mean, cover. The, the 49ers have proven that they're pretty capable, even with half their team missing with their backup quarterback, who I don't think is half bad. I mean, yeah. I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is that great. Even if Kittle's banged up and he's going to play, you have to start him this week. Yeah. And, uh, Mostert's out, but you got McKinnon. I think he's okay. You got Jeff Wilson. I'm sure they have some other guys. They got backups that can handle the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, can we move on yes. from this game? I, okay. It just depresses me to even think of how yeah. bad the Eagles are. And they are bad. Carson Wentz is not as bad as he's shown. He's got no support. A lot of injuries. Um, but he's not doing anything to help his calls either. So I'm not going to sit here and defend them. We'll see what happens the rest of the season. I expect them to get better. And so the last game on the schedule this week is Atlanta at Green Bay. This is probably like the best game of the schedule, I think. And I'm just not bent against Aaron Rodgers this year. So is there this? You have been on the Falcons every week. No, Falcons have um, not won let's a take game. A step back. Um, what exactly makes you call this the best game of the week? Like, why? What are you looking at in this game? I'm just curious what your definition is there. Well, I mean, Aaron Rodgers and Do you Matt mean Ryan. that this is the game that you're most a excited to watch? Offense, potentially. Okay. Yeah, that's I think true. I look at that it. and I think, oh, that's a good game. Well, the over-under is 57. They could, they could score a heck of a lot of points, especially. Now, there are some injuries. I, I guess Adams is limited to practice, so he... Potentially plays. You got Julio, Calvin Ridley, and I think the other wide receiver, Russell Gage, are all like questionable. So I don't know. All right. So out of all those guys, let's talk about the most important one, which is Adam. So the report today out of practice in Green Bay is that he was seen running routes and catching the ball by the media. He wasn't a full active participant, but this again, this game is Monday. So that's Friday. You got Saturday and Sunday and, you know, the walkthrough on Monday. If he's catching balls and running routes in practice on Friday, I fully expect him to play. How about you? I don't know if it matters. It might not. I mean, he's. Not to mention that you can run all over Atlanta and then it'll just be an Aaron Jones game. I mean, I'd be more concerned about the injuries on the other side because if Julio doesn't play, if Calvin Ridley doesn't play, then, I mean, Atlanta's kind of screwed and it might be a very lopsided game. It's hard to have confidence in anything that Atlanta's doing while they still have that coach. I mean... I don't think... I mean, Atlanta has had, what, a couple games where they've been up and then they've found a way to lose towards the end. I don't see it happening this way, that way in this game. But. I've seen crazier things under the lights on Monday night, but... Monday night used to and be that, that like pretty sad. That weird game that would always go like the exact opposite of the way you thought it would. But that, that hasn't been as true this this year and like I get I guess late last year. But I just I don't I don't see how the Green Bay loses. Yeah, and John Madden used to announce those games. Okay. What do you mean? They're they just used to be the opposite of so what you So many thought. times. That's why for like the longest time, I would not touch a Monday night game. Like on the car, I won't buy it. 
because the, it, with that that team that you say there's no way they lose and they lose outright. Yeah, I think probably with the like changes in the schedule, um, how there used to be, you know, the divisions used to be bigger. You had more division games, and Monday Night Football every year would have the same key division matchups, and you don't see a lot of that. A lot of a lot of times now, you're not seeing the division matchups where. We talked about before in division matchups, anything can happen. So that's where you see a lot of those. Hey, I think one the game's going one way and it goes the other. Um, but you got you have less division games. You only have six division games throughout the year as an individual team. So there's less of those on prime time on Monday night. Um, Atlanta Green Bay, not a division game, right? Um, I guess there's a possibility that Atlanta steps up. Um, underneath the lights, that offense is well, I mean, electric. Yeah, you also got Matt Ryan outside. Yeah. But He's the better. problem is that defense and the special teams. I mean, they still can't get over the fact that they sat well, that, back against the Cowboys and watched the onside's kick. That was just ridiculous because they were literally like just watching the ball. It was like the Falcons had never played football before. <laughs> They're just like, hey, you want to play special teams? Come on. Let's, let's go get a kickoff. So, yeah. I don't think this is the week. For them. All right. So we still have our, our bet going of which coach loses their job first. Is it Dan Quinn, uh, Adam Geese, and there was one other one. Who was the other one? I can't remember now. Yeah, I don't know. Who was the other one that you had thrown in there? I can't remember. Who Who was uh, it for oh, you? Bill O'Brien, of course. Oh, yeah, Bill. How can you forget Bill O'Brien? You hate that guy. I do. I hate him. Not as much as I hate Adam Gase, though. So who are you going with? Are you going with Gase to get fired first? Yes, definitely. I give him one more week. And who's the clown in Atlanta? What's his name? Dan Quinn. I'll take Quinn. How about that? We'll go 20 bucks now. We'll lock it in. You get Gase, and I hate Gase, too, but I'll take Quinn. Because I'll tell you what. Quinn... Loses again with another stupid play by the team. I don't know that there's any way they can keep him around. They got to get rid of him. And all the big changes were supposed to happen on defense. And they're like a sieve out there. So, all right. Closing thoughts. Um, Are you proud of me that I did not make the Eagles a pick this week? No. No. Okay. Are you proud of yourself for finding that awesome shirt? I really like it. I am. That's and you know, it actually Tana thrill. Well, anytime I've ever bought anything off of Facebook, it usually takes forever to get here. And it comes from like some foreign country. This actually came from Tennessee and it came quick. And they sent me a little email to say, thank you. Well, you know where that shirt would look best. Where? Crumpled up on our bedroom floor. Oh, Let's Jesus. go. All right. On that note, do you have any football related closing costs? <laughs> no, nah, that's it. Okay. Good luck Did I just say four. closing costs? Closing, closing thoughts. <laughs> Did you say closing thoughts or um closing thoughts? You kind of you were slacking on the sign. I know I said it quite a few times. My arm got tired. It was impossible to lift the sign every time you said um. You, I would literally pull the sign and you, and you would fire back out. The next five words, one of them would be um, and you had no idea. I can't wait till we play this one back. Oh, great. All right. Peace out. 
the, the ball down the field without somebody like Michael Thomas on the field. There's nobody else. You're not going to, Emmanuel Sanders is getting older. He's not going to carry it. He's a nice little receiver, but he's not Michael Thomas. And they look like a completely different offense without Michael Thomas on the field. Well, I wonder to what extent the Saints, like, I feel like a team like Green Bay, like when um, Devontae Adams goes down, they, I feel like they work with the other receivers and try to like, you know, build the chemistry so they have the other options. I don't feel like the Saints really do that. Like the, the offense really does run through Thomas and Kamara. And I don't know that they've really like tried to incorporate Sanders and uh, Traquan Smith as much into the offense. Well, you have a guy. That's historically the knock on Drew Brees is he hasn't had, you know, he's short, but also they doesn't have the arm strength that these other slingers have. Aaron Rodgers is the premier slinger in the league. So he can make things happen almost without any wide receiver. You know, if he if he's got, a, he's got a cast of scrubs other than Adams. I mean, really, if you look at it. But he spreads the ball around. I mean, you'll see those guys step up and make plays, and maybe they don't make as many plays as they could or they should. But I mean, they get it done. Like if I don't he can't deliver the ball fast enough, like Drew Brees, then well, he's not going to have confidence to throw the ball to those guys. Yeah, but what's what's Aaron Emmanuel Rogers can fit it in any window on the field? What's Emmanuel Sanders though? A slot receiver. Yeah, true. For the most part, so I mean, isn't that where you go when you don't have the ability to get the ball ball downfield? So as much as I hate to jump on Matt Patricia and. Uh, <laughs> and Stafford, I I think this is like top. This is arguably top play, not the top play, but this is very close. I think you just they're at home. They're getting four points down the three. Hmm. I think you get it if you're if you're getting three points with Detroit. I think you got to take it. Yeah, well, I think having Galladay back helps them. And it's funny because that was the one game that I lost on the card, and we did say during the podcast out of all like the. Um, underdogs that if anybody was going to pull out the victory last week, it would be Detroit. And that did happen. The crazy so thing is if the like, Saints lose this game, they're one and three. Yeah. <laughs> would have thought they would be one and three to start, but now, that's what Mike, happens. If Michael Thomas was playing, I would probably stick with the, the Saints. But I also Michael just... Michael Thomas is playing, I'm all over the Saints. Yeah. And this I, line's probably more like eight and a half. But you can run on Detroit. Um, so I do see a big game for Alvin Kamara. Um, but I don't know if it'll be enough. So, all right, moving on right, to so the both next like Detroit. game. Uh, both like Indy, we both like Detroit. So that's the only thing I feel positive about coming in this week is we seem to be aligned so far. Yeah. Well, even last week on our cards, I think you missed on two and it was, I think it was Arizona too. And, the and Washington. Fal no, Falcons. Oh, I, I didn't even play Washington, Washington on the card. card. Yeah, because I played the card before the on Thursday. And then Friday, I came to the revelation that Washington was the was going to be my uh, upset of of the uh, season, and well, we'll talk more about that later. All right. So Arizona at Carolina. Now um, DeAndre Hopkins has not been at practice all week, and um, apparently he's going to be a game time decision this week. So that's kind of scary um, for him to not be there. Um, but I do think that. The um, Carolina team can be run on, so I'm I'm gonna stick with uh, Arizona, even if DeAndre Hopkins doesn't play. I don't know that I feel really strong about it, but I'm a big Hopkins fan, and I almost feel the same way about New Orleans. Not that I think Arizona can has more weapons than New Orleans, but Hopkins is a huge miss. I mean, he's 
a big weapon. And if he's going to be out, I think they're going to struggle. Just as Arizona, I know everybody's hot on Arizona and, and likes the players from a fantasy perspective. I do too. But I think you got to look at a game like this. And even though Carolina is unimpressive, they don't have CMC. You look at them, they won last week, right? On the road. And if how much credit can you give Arizona, especially when you take away their number one receiving threat, who's top three receiver in the league? So this game scares me. But Hopkins still might play. I mean, he's not definitely out, right? I mean, he's definitely the guy that if he can, he will. I think it's a game time decision. Yeah. So if he plays, I do like Arizona. But if he but doesn't play, I'd stay away. I don't know. It's an ankle. How effective can you be if your ankle's hurting? If he's on the field, he's going to be effective. If he can't play because his ankle hurts, he's not going to play. Okay. That's how that works. All right. So who are you taking here? Nobody. Nobody. All right. Um, all right. Next game, Jacksonville at Cincinnati. Two crappy teams playing each other. I generally avoid these situations. Now, I think um, DJ, DJ Shark is going to be back this week. Um, so I think that would make a difference. I was... Very interested to see Jacksonville last week, but we didn't really get to see much. So I still don't know what to make of them. And I'm not going to pick a side on this game. I am. I like Jacksonville. I like Jacksonville a lot. If Shard's back, Jacksonville's a different kind of offense. I know last week they struggled without him. You see it looks like a completely issue. Couldn't get the ball down the field, especially in the second half. Um, but I think if Shard's back... Shark. Not Shard. Baby Shark is back. <laughs> And I think that they're going to, they're going to win the game. Cincinnati's no good. I mean, I know everybody's about Joe Barrow and he does look good. He's going to be a quality quarterback, but they got the tie last week. They could build some momentum off that, but I just like Jacksonville here. They're getting points against Cincinnati. And again, there's two bad teams. Take the points. Now what's Jacksonville's record? Are they one and two? Jacksonville is one and two. Bengals are oh, two and one. Ah, oh, that's right. I was going to say they were 0-3, but that's right. They're 0-2-1. Yeah, we'll they, they we'll tied last week. We'll talk about that later. All right. <clears throat> Moving on to the next game, Cleveland at Dallas. And I don't really have too much to say about this game. Um, it should be one of the higher scoring games of the week. But I just, I don't know what to do with Cleveland. I really don't. Well, the over started at 54 and it's up to 56 now. So I think you might see it a little bit higher, but we're probably locked in right around 56, maybe 56 and a half or 57 by kickoff. I mean, Dallas has been playing a lot of offense, not so much on the defense, but I, I, I don't know. I just don't know what to make of Cleveland. I don't know what to do with Cleveland, like playing anybody from Cleveland other than maybe like Nick Chubb just doesn't feel good. So... Well, I'm not taking Dallas right at this point in the season as a four and a half point favorite on anybody, but I'm sure not going to take Cleveland because I just don't know what they're doing. I went against Cleveland last week against the Washington Red uh, football team, but um, I'm going to stay away from this game as well. It's not a, I don't have a really strong feeling on this one. I guess you would have to take Dallas just because, I mean, I, I have to admit I'm kind of a Cleveland hater at this point. They frustrate me. But I'm not going to allow that to creep into my decision making on this game. I'm just going to leave it alone. I just don't see it really developing into like a shootout per se. Um, oh, do you like the under? No, I don't. I don't like to play unders. I prefer to play overs. I know Dallas has given up some points this year, but I, I, just I, mean, don't I think see, Cleveland's going to struggle a little bit there. So the under. I just don't see Baker Mayfield doing it. 
Thunder might be a play there by the time Sunday rolls around. You right there, Tannehill? Um, I got, Tannehill? I got a piece of hair, like, on my face. It's driving me nuts. All right. So, next game up is Minnesota at Houston. And so, Minnesota put up a fight last week, but they still lost the game. Um, uh, but I think you're probably on Houston, correct? I am on Houston. And I probably I'm going to take Houston until they win a game, damn it. I have to agree with you on this one, but I don't feel good about it. I wouldn't, I don't have like a strong feeling on this one, but if I had to pick it, I would take Houston. I could see it going either way. I Uh, mean, and it all depends. Is Will Fuller going to stay on the field or not? Cause he's uh, pretty good at leaving games injured. The thing that scares me here is the points. It's, it's just a lot of points for an 0 three team and they're both 0 three. Somebody's got to get a win. Well, not necessarily. We saw that in the Eagles game last week that you don't necessarily have to get a win. But I think this is a spot where I was I was high on Houston last week. They gave up some points at in the fourth quarter and ended up not being the winning side. But I think they're ready. They're coming back home. Vikings are not. They, they went on the road earlier this year and got destroyed. I think that uh, Texans are the play here. But I'm not that confident just because they've – they struggled last week. I thought they were going to be able to go into Pittsburgh. And again, a tough game. You start your Texans, you start with Kansas City, Baltimore, and then you got to go to Pittsburgh, which is typically a very difficult stadium to win at, fans or no fans. So they've had the toughest draw so far out of the gate. So I think uh, the Vikings, are they look soft this year. Um, they scored a little bit of points last week against the Titans and and almost pulled that one out, but... I think you got to take the Texans here. I would definitely look to tease it. It's a no-brainer on a tease. But um, this is like a mid-level play for me. So, I don't know. I mean, Minnesota wants to run the ball. And you can run on the Texans. So, I could see it being like a slow-paced game. You're going to run a lot of clock, right? But if Houston can get up in the beginning and make it kind of like a shootout, then um, Minnesota had that, uh, I don't know his first name, but his last name is Jefferson. Rookie kind of broke out last week. Yeah, he was the 22nd pick of the draft, uh, I believe, uh, for for Minnesota. He is um, from the national champion LSU Tigers. So he did have a breakout game. He scored two touchdowns. So they got him going. But the big player last week was uh, Dalvin Cook. So they're going to try to continue to pound Dalvin Cook. I know Houston would like to get David Johnson going. but I, I look for them to uh, outlast Minnesota this week. They should, I would, regardless of if it's four, if it's three, it's betting down. So hopefully you get three by kickoff. I would, I would take Houston. So the next game is an interesting one. Seattle at Miami. It's a one o'clock game. It's a long trip for Seattle. So Seattle's coming into this game, and I think a lot of people are hot on them. I had them last week as like my play of the week against Dallas. Um, so I think they're going to see a lot of the action this week. But I'll start on this one. I, I like Miami. I, I Seattle's definitely a better team than Miami. But you got to look at the spot this season. And um, with Seattle coming into this game 3-0 on the road, they're going to be giving up about 5.5 points. Looks like uh, five points 
in some places to Miami at home. I just think this is a game where the public's going to go heavy on Seattle. Miami's well, going to find a way to keep it inside a touchdown and end up uh, stealing the win here. Yeah. So, I mean, does this line feel low? Like, should it be higher? Not to me. No? No, I mean, I think the fact that they're traveling across the country on the road, six points, saying, six like and a half is where they put them. And I, I bet you Vegas put out six and a half. They figured they'd probably have to push it up to seven. But do you, do you feel like Vegas way. is trying to bait you into taking Seattle? Um, a, a little bit here. It's probably more realistic, like a, you know, interconference game, three-point game, three-point line, three and a half maybe. Um, but Seattle's arguably playing some of the best, you know, they're playing is some this, of the best football in the league, not yeah, unarguably so this, and arguably the best team in the league right now. Is this, well, I don't know about that. There's a lot of good teams in the league right now. That's why I said arguably. That means that you could choose another team and argue about it. So it's not clear cut. I thought, okay, never mind. I thought you were changing it and saying like affirmatively, they are the best um, team. They're arguably, meaning there's other teams you could say like Kansas City. Green Bay. Green Bay. Okay. I, is this a letdown spot? It's Miami. I like Miami. What do you think about the game? Well, do you think it's a letdown spot for Seattle? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. They're coming off that big win against Dallas. And honestly, they were lucky to cover. It probably should have been a two or three point game. Do you think maybe they kind of changed the game plan a little bit though? Because Seattle typically is a team that wants to run the ball first. And they haven't really done that this year so far. No, so Seattle's going to try to do Seattle and they're going to look to take their shots downfield. Um, so you don't think they're going to change? Metcalf and Lockett. I mean, that's the, they, they don't really change their... I don't really see them changing at all. They try to early establish the run That's and then they point. rock the, the play action and go deep. That is the winning chemistry. The reason why that works so well for them is because Russell Wilson is deadly accurate on the deep ball. Deadly accurate. So but he's been throwing more this that. year than he has in past years. Yeah, absolutely. He's got I mean, you don't throw four or five touchdowns every game. Yeah, DJ Metcalf is a beast. So is Lockett. I mean, Lockett has been consistently scoring points for years now with Seattle. So I guess my question was, do you think that they go into Miami and they try to just run the ball because you can run the ball in Miami, build up a lead, and then run the ball some more? And then you got Ryan Fitzpatrick on the other side who's going to throw the ball downfield <laughs> and try to get him back in the game. And at the end of the day, they end up in a close game regardless. Yeah, I mean, I think they're going to do what Seattle does every okay. week, which is what Carroll is one of the smartest coaches from a standpoint of game planning. Because I don't agree with that. I, I think, well, they're very, it's very basic concept, I right? Can tell which I think you. teams get away from and they start throwing the ball too long. You run the ball to suck the defense up and then you hit them on top. And that's what they try to do. And the best thing about Russell Wilson is that as soon as you think you have everything stopped, he takes off in the pocket. Mm -hmm. Now he's got he's 20 yards downfield with a first down. So he's very effective when he has a support, as it always usually comes down to. Even if you're one of the better quarterbacks, you have to have some players around you. He, they seem to have the right receivers. They seem to have the right running back. What we should talk about, which is big here, <clears throat> is I think Carson's out for a couple of weeks here. Mm. He's questionable. Is he questionable? Uh, well, I saw earlier that he was out. I thought Hyde was getting the start. That might have been Hyde right. Hyde is also questionable. Okay. Well, then that makes it the whole game for Seattle even more questionable if these two guys are coming in nicked up. 
Well, they and got this Travis Homer kid that played a little bit last week. I mean, it's Miami. They're not like a, you know, stiff run defense. Now, the other thing here is that I was high on Miami coming into the season. So I'm trying to make sure that I'm not blinded by my, my, my like of Miami. At the end of the day, they're at home. Seattle's coming across the country. Seattle's definitely the better team. I just think it's the situ- it's situation football. We're week four. Seattle's three and zero. Um, they could win the game, definitely. Uh, but I think if they win, they keep it inside the number at five. I think it all comes down to which Ryan Fitzpatrick shows up. Is it the one that's going to throw three touchdowns or three picks? And you never know the answer to that question, unfortunately. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I usually I'd love to take the points on Miami. But I don't know about this game. Now, I definitely take it on a teaser. I'll take the points on Miami all day on a teaser. So you could you, even maybe play both sides. So on a what teaser. side do you like Miami or Seattle? I think Seattle wins. Do they win by six and a half? Because I don't know what lines you're looking at, but I got it opened at six and a half and it's at a six. I guess over to six and a half. It's well, six and five. five. You were six, saying five. five and a half and five. I got it's all over the place. All right. Well, I usually just look at the first, which means it's trending down, which six is not. You're not going to get six. Unless there's a swing. I mean, you could get a swing because there could be some hidden Seattle money coming in late because Seattle is one of the better teams. So we'll see. Can know. we move I'll, on to the next game? I'll this play it on a teaser card. A I'll play both sides on a teaser card. Let's How move about on. That? How about we move on? Okay, let's move on. So next game You're is... talking a lot about that game and saying a whole lot of nothing. That's my opinion. Um, okay. Next game is LA Chargers at Tampa Bay. Okay. Chargers at Tampa Bay. I mean, I really don't have a strong feeling on this game either. Uh, Chargers stink. Tampa Bay will probably roll them, but, you know, it started at four and a half and it's gone up to seven points. So the public's all all over Tampa Bay and the love affair with Tom Brady continues. We like Tampa Bay normally, um, but it's kind of a wait and see. Do you like them this week? Chris Godwin is out. Um, But yeah, I like Tampa Bay. Okay. I'll take them up to a seven. Why do you like Tampa Bay? Because they're the better team. I mean, what does LA really have going for them? That Justin Hebert didn't look that great last week. They played Carolina. They lost. You don't think they can beat Tampa Bay? Or you think they I'm can beat Tampa Bay? I'm not questioning you that Tampa's not going to win. I'm you just wanted me to, to say Tom Brady. I just want you to give some insight. <laughs> As opposed to saying they're the better team. You're clearly the better team. Why are you going to pick them, though? You like Tom Brady? You think he's going to do well? Do you have any injuries on the Tampa Bay side? I already told you if you were listening, Steve, you would have heard me. All right. Okay, moving on. Next game. It's uh, funny because when we kind of looked at these games, you said I, you know, Tampa Bay Chargers. You said, I'm not interested in that game. Then the tape records and now you like it as your play. I like so the game. Switched. I don't have much to say about it. Okay. Next game is Baltimore at Washington. Well, on the slot, it's Pittsburgh, Tennessee. We already talked about that, right? They're on a well, bye. Since it's not being played. So they're going to roll to. It's not technically a game this week. Okay, so let's just talk a little bit about the scheduling impact down the road here. So the NFL is basically going to make this their bye weeks, and they've shifted some games around where... They shifted one game. They shifted Pittsburgh back a week um, to play the Ravens. So later in the week, I think it was week six or seven, they're going to push that one back, and where that bye week was, um, I think supposed to be for Pittsburgh. That's where Pittsburgh's going to play at Tennessee. 
Yeah. So now I guess then that's a whole other conversation. But if that would have been Tennessee's bye week, if these positive tests continue, then it could impact next week. And that's a whole other can of worms. That's a whole scary thing, right? Because we won't worry about that now. We've all been talking about COVID and the impact of missing games. And we kind of thought, all right, well, Well, the NFL is kind of immune. Like they'll just say, okay, let's, you know, we've got big rosters. You can just fill guys in. So I thought that's the approach they were going to do. But with only five to eight COVID tests positive, um, for players and personnel as of Friday night, they're rescheduling the whole game. So they're definitely being tentative, which scares you. Um, if you're looking down the road to see what happens with other games, if you know, inevitably there's going to be somebody else that, that catches this thing. Yeah. Well, it's up to 11 people, two more today. And so they're basically saying like, if it continues like this, it will impact next week's game. Cause I guess there's like maybe like a three to five day thing in between. Yeah. You're supposed to go five days. So you definitely need like the neg- no more positives. But all right, let's move on. We're not going to have that whole debate. Um, so Baltimore at Washington. Now, I definitely think this is a bounce back spot for Baltimore. Because um, they got beat by the Chiefs. Big games. They don't come through. So this is a totally bounce back spot for them. Washington. You got Dwayne Haskins. He's just not very good. Um, so... I would take he Baltimore. He cost me the money last week. I would take Baltimore, and I would take Baltimore up to 14. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of got to look at the ebbs and flows of them bouncing back from last week's debacle against Kansas City. And um, especially after what Washington did last week, like I was very frustrated because they had that game. They should have won that game. Yeah, and then Dwayne Haskins throws like three interceptions. Yeah, Haskins is a bum. Yeah, I think they got to move on from him. Yeah, and then Young got hurt early. They were up 7 nothing. Young got hurt on the defensive line, who's an absolute stud in the second pick of the draft, right? Probably should have been the first pick, but you know how the quarterbacks go. They're very, they're highly uh, valued in the draft and tend to go first overall uh, most years. But um, Washington had that game for the picking and so, well, I guess it's Cleveland. I wouldn't be surprised to see Haskins get maybe get pulled in this game if he doesn't do well, but she it's probably po- won't. It's possible. So is this a play for you? Would you, you, you would, you would take Baltimore up to 14? Yeah. Cause Baltimore is the type of team that when they are rolling, I mean, they'll, they'll keep rolling and they'll keep building the score up regardless. So in my mind, so I think this line is going to scare me that it's that big. So in my mind, this line is going, is not done moving. It's going to continue to go up by Sunday. So let's just say it continues to skyrocket. Like what is the max you would take? 14. I wouldn't even 14 and a half. That hook would scare me. All right. Fair enough. I, I mean, agree. two touchdowns. I agree. It's past that. I mean, you you never know in football. Thing is, it's Baltimore, Washington, right? They're only about an hour away from each other, so it's right up the ninety five corridor. So it's not that much of a road game for Baltimore. I think they bounce back hard here, and it's not really a strong play for me. I mean, if you had to play it, I think you go. I think you go up to sixteen and a half on this one. Yeah, I don't see how you can take Washington under any circumstances, but. Yeah, it's a survivor play, though, definitely. It looks like 96% of the public on Baltimore to win the game outright, which should be a no-brainer. But um, if you still have Baltimore, you, you definitely want to consider using them. And so I guess the next game on the list is the Giants at the Rams, and that would be the second biggest line that started at a 9 and moved up to 13. So if we're talking Survivor real quick before we get into the actual line, this is my number one play. I would go Rams all day. You should still have them available. Uh, But the Giants are just brutal. 
Giants are in trouble without Saquon. Um, the offensive line sucks. And it's Jason Garrett. You know, we talked a lot about this in, in the earlier podcast, and I was high on Jason Garrett as an offensive coordinator. Now, you got to kind of take it with a grain of salt and evaluating uh, his performance as the offensive coordinator with Saquon out. But even before Saquon got out, they were struggling. And you're going to take time to learn a new offense. But to your point, I'm starting to come over to your side and I'm not having a lot of positive feelings about the giants really clicking with this offense. But as far as this game goes, Rams all day. So now they're, they're traveling across the country. I mean, it's a big, like, I don't know if I would take it at 13, but I mean, they got, they got smacked by San Francisco last week with the backup quarterback, half their freaking starters out. The Giants are really bad right now. So, Both I New mean, York teams are just pitiful. Yeah, it's pretty bad in New York. Um, all right, moving on. All right, the big game of the week I, for me, I think, Kansas City, New England. Not from a gambling perspective, but this is a very intriguing and probably the best matchup. Is it really? Because I was going to say just the opposite. It's not the same matchup that it was in the past. It's not the Tom Brady Patriots anymore. <laughs> so you take Tom Brady out of the equation. It doesn't matter. If you listen to these guys up north in Boston, they are geeked up to have Cam Newton. Really? Yeah, I think it's because mostly because it's like kind of refreshing from what they've well, watched. I think the pocket stand, the pocket quarterback stand back there and fire around. Like I'm sure that they would rather have Tom Brady and would welcome him back tomorrow, right? But if they're going to win with Cam and they're going to do it from a running style of quarterback standpoint, and by the way, I mean he's throwing the heck out of the ball. Julian Edelman looks like uh, well, he's having one of his best starts to a season ever. Now you're not referring to last week because Cam didn't look that good last week and Julian Edelman didn't do anything last week. He caught about five passes, I think, got like 60 I yards. I don't think so. I think he had like two, maybe five targets, two catches. Oh, yeah? Okay. We'll keep talking about this game and I'll look it up. So um, I personally, I just don't think it's the same matchup, but I'm going to take the Kansas City Chiefs. I just don't think that they have the weapons or the firepower to keep up with the Chiefs. And I definitely think it's it's a game that Andy Reid's going to be prepared for. So I don't see any path for New England to win. Now, the line actually went down from an eight to a seven. Um, but I would take it at a seven. I, like seven and a half would probably scare me off of it. Yeah, I mean, the stats are unbelievable for Kansas City against the spread. I think it's their like 11 and one in their last 12. Um, it's at Kansas City. Yeah, last week they were on the road and they were getting points, but we we're kind of all over Kansas City because of the fact that they were getting points. And anytime you're getting points with Kansas City, I think you just got to take them and not even worry about who they're playing. And that was the case last week. This is a little bit of a different ball game, right? We're at, we're at a touchdown. Do you feel comfortable enough that, you know, the, Kansas City can beat them by more than a touchdown. I personally do not. We're dealing with Belichick. I think that, that he can D them up enough and get some points on the board. Um, where they're going to keep it inside seven. Mm. Honestly, for me, this is one of those games where I expect Kansas City to win, but New England to keep it close. To I cover. think you know, Belichick's a smart enough coach that he can win those games against the inferior teams and the comparable teams, but I think the Kansas City Chiefs are just a step above. Well, again, it's and hard I don't to think, go I don't against. think there's any way that you can do it. Like, Belichick can't do it. 
with the team that he's got. So officially, I'm leaving this game alone. I'm not going to play it, but I think if you force but me you to, like the I, would, I would play the Patriots, even though I was goo goo gaga in Kansas City and 11 and 1 in the last 12 because they got to lose at some point, right? But I think they're coming. This is another. So this is the point I will make. And by Sunday, I might get there on New England even stronger. And this is why. When we look at the ebbs and flows of the season, I've talked about that a lot. You kind of got to get that feeling for where they are and not exactly who the team is, but is there areas where, hey, they might have a letdown, things like that. Kansas City has proven that they can be emotional and have the letdown. They won the, they they got the ring week one. They looked great. They came back and had a letdown against the Chargers. Barely won, won. Went into overtime, but barely won. The Chargers stink. They shouldn't even be like close in the scoreboard. But it's a division matchup. Kansas City went on the road and they were looking ahead to the following week against Baltimore. All right, so they almost lost. They didn't cover. They come into Baltimore. They destroy them. So now we're back on the downswing. They're going to be geeked up. But you're up going to play up against Belichick. You don't think he's going to be like, you don't think that's like a rivalry? It definitely Andy is. Head? Andy Reid definitely is pumped up for this game. But because I, think I think Mahomes and the players, there's no Tom Brady over there to get as amped up as it would have been. Uh, they would have been excited to play this game in the past. And for them, their number one challenger is Baltimore. That emotional game was last week. Okay. I'm going to talk myself into playing New England by the time the game starts. So you guys should probably play them. <laughs> Might make them a pick by the end of this podcast. All right, let's let's move on to the next game here. Buffalo at Las Vegas. I have a strong play on this one, too. I like Las Vegas. I didn't like them last week. I do like them this week. I actually played Buffalo last week. But again, when you look at the spot, Buffalo's coming to Vegas. It's a four o'clock start. Um, They're a three-point favorite. It's three and a half in some places. They open at two and a half, and it's up to three, three and a half. If you get four points by Sunday... I think you take Vegas. I think they can keep them inside uh, a field goal. I don't know. I don't have a, a strong take on this game. Like I like Buffalo as a team way like- better than Vegas. It's just the spot that they're in that I like Vegas. Yeah, I don't. I don't have really any take on this game. Now the like- key is going to be if they can take away the tight end, then you see that Oakland's going to or Vegas is going to be in trouble because it looked like their tight end was their number one target and when they had success when they won games like against new orleans they moved up and down the field with him so we'll see well i think buffalo is probably built their defense is built in a way that they can do that maybe they can follow like the bill belichick plan from last week um so maybe they can they can limit them so i don't know i'm rolling with buffalo i mean i don't have a strong take on it but i like josh allen a lot he's my fantasy quarterback I really do like Buffalo, and I like Buffalo this season, but not in this week. I'm going to go Vegas. Hey, you want to make this one of our action games? No, because Give me I, three points. What did I just say? You like Buffalo? I don't have you a like Josh Allen? No, I in general, like as a team, I like Buffalo. Right, just, I like Josh Allen. I don't I like Buffalo in this game. Well, we got to find something to bet on here because you owe me money. Well, hey, let's bet on the next game. The next game is Philadelphia at San Francisco. This is perfect, Steve. It's your team. So it's been a rough one. I'm not allowed to talk about this game, I thought. It's been a rough one. It's been a real rough one. Your Eagles are 0-2-1. And And that game was absolutely brutal last week. Now, here's a question for you, because I I saw a lot that people disagreed with. um, I'm drawing a blank on his name. What's the coach's name? 
Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson. It was a um, Dougie P. It was a mistake not to kick the sixty-four yard field goal. Do you agree with that? Because I no. thought it was the right call. I don't agree with that because I think it was the right call for this reason. And I mean, hey, it's Philly. They're going to kill him in the media for whatever he does. And if they don't win the game, then they're going to be in hindsight and destroy but him. But you would have given the ball back to the other side. That's and- why I wouldn't have done it. This guy, Elliot's not kicking a 64 yarder. I've seen him kicking the link. He's not kicking anything 64 yards. Um, well, can so anybody if you kick 64 that, yards yeah, unless absolutely. like Denver? There's, or- yeah, there's guys that can kick that. Um, the problem here is that, like you said, if you miss it, you're giving up that field position and you do still have, it wasn't like. I mean, there wasn't it. a lot of time, but there was probably enough time to move the ball. No, it wasn't kicking in the games over. It wasn't that situation. There was still, in, it was inside a minute, I believe, but there was still time for Burrows to get the ball back. I think he probably only would have had to go 15 or 20 yards, if that, and their kicker has a strong leg. So I, it, it's embarrassing. Let's just say. They kick the field goal. The Eagles try to kick the field goal and they miss it. Or worse, you're going to have a lower trajectory when it comes out. So it's going to have a better chance of getting blocked. So if it gets blocked, you can pick it up and run it back. Imagine the news and the media in Philadelphia if they would have gotten it blocked in overtime with less than 30 seconds left and ran back for a touchdown or missed the field goal, then given up because that defense wasn't stopping anything. They were giving up chunks of yards all day. Gave up a 20-yard pass out. Um to one of these receivers step out of bounds and kick the field goal and lose it home to the Bengals and Joe Barrow. That would have been horrible. So anyway, I take the tie. Hopefully they can figure this thing out uh, in the coming weeks. Do you really think they can? No, I don't. I am. This is probably not the spot either. I didn't want to talk about it. You told me I wasn't allowed to talk about this game and I was happy with that, but you baited me in to talk about it. And now the homers starting to come out, but I, I'm, I don't want to talk about this game. This is the night game. Yeah, so this is Sunday game. I will talk about some of the impacts on the other side, though. You have Debo Samuel coming back. I tried to give some fantasy advice last week to pick up Debo Samuel, but um, now the the rumor is out that he is definitely back. So if he's but still limited, your, if, he's, if he's still on your waiver wire, uh, pick him up, scoop him up. But you're, you're most likely too late. So the situation is he is limited. I wouldn't play him this week because. Um, Shanahan's come out and said he's going to ease him back into the rotation. So what that means, how desperate they get, you know, does he end up playing more snaps on Sunday night? I don't know. I would keep this guy healthy because San Francisco is not worried about week three, week four. They're worried about the Super Bowl. So they are getting Kittle back this week. That's the other one. And you guys have given up some production to the tight end position. So I don't see how you guys win this game. No, I really the linebackers don't. Can't I mean, cover. the, the 49ers have proven that they're pretty capable, even with half their team missing with their backup quarterback, who I don't think is half bad. I mean, yeah. I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is that great. Even if Kittle's banged up and he's going to play, you have to start him this week. Yeah. And uh, Mostert's out, but you got McKinnon. I think he's okay. You got Jeff Wilson. I'm sure they have some other guys. They got backups that can handle the Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> Uh, can we move on yes. from this game? I, okay. It just depresses me to even think of how <laughs> bad the Eagles are. And they are bad. Carson Wentz is not as bad as he's shown. He's got no support, a lot of injuries, um, but he's not doing anything to help his calls either. So I'm not going to sit here and defend him. We'll see what happens the rest of the season. I expect him to get better. And so the last game on the schedule this week is Atlanta at Green Bay. This is probably like the best game of the schedule, I think. 
And I'm just not bent against Aaron Rodgers this year. So is there this, you have been on the Falcons every week. Nah, Falcons have um, not won a game. Let's take a step back. Um, what exactly makes you call this the best game of the week? Like why? What are you looking at in this game? I'm just curious what your definition is there. Well, I mean, Aaron Rodgers and Do you Matt mean Ryan. that this is the game that you're most a excited to watch? Offense potentially. Okay. Yeah. That's I true. Think I look at that it. and I think, oh, that's a good game. Well, the over under is fifty seven. They could they could score a heck of a lot of points. Especially now, there are some injuries. I I guess Adams is limited to practice, so he potentially plays. You got Julio, Calvin Ridley, and I think the other wide receiver, Russell Gage, are all like questionable. So I don't know. All right. So out of all those guys, let's talk about the most important one, which is Adams. So the report today out of practice in Green Bay is that. He was seen running routes and catching the ball by the media. He wasn't a full active participant, but this again, this game is Monday. So that's Friday. You got Saturday and Sunday and, you know, the walkthrough on Monday. If he's catching balls and running routes in practice on Friday, I fully expect him to play. How about you? I don't know if it matters. It might not. I mean, he's. Not to mention that you can run all over Atlanta and then it'll just be an Aaron Jones game. I mean, I'd be more concerned about the injuries on the other side because if Julio doesn't play, if Calvin really doesn't play, then, I mean, Atlanta's kind of screwed and it might be a very lopsided game. It's hard to have confidence in anything that Atlanta's doing while they still have that coach. I mean... I don't think... I mean, Atlanta has had, what, a couple games where they've been up and then they've found a way to lose towards the end. I don't see it happening this way, that way in this game. But. I've seen crazier things under the lights on Monday night, but... Monday night used to be that, that like pretty sad that weird game that would always go like the exact opposite of the way you thought it would, but that that hasn't been as true this this year and like I guess late last year. But I just I don't I don't see how the Green Bay loses. Yeah, and John Madden used to announce those games. Okay. What do you mean? They're they just used to be the opposite so of what you So many thought. times. That's why for like the longest time, I would not touch a Monday night game. Like on the car, I won't buy it. Because the, it would, that, that team that you say, there's no way they lose, and they lose outright. Yeah, I think probably with the like changes in the schedule, um, how there used to be, you know, the divisions used to be bigger. You had more division games. And Monday night football, every year would have the same key division matchups. And you don't see a lot of that. A lot of a lot of times now you're not seeing the division matchups where what we talked about before in division matchups, anything can happen. So that's where you see a lot of those, hey, I think one the game's going one way and it goes the other. Um, but you got you have less division games. You only have six division games throughout the year as an individual team. So there's less of those on prime time on Monday night. Um, Atlanta Green Bay, not a division game, right? Um I guess there's a possibility that Atlanta steps up um, underneath the lights. That offense is well, and you, electric. Yeah, you also got Matt Ryan outside. Yeah. But He's the better. problem is that defense and the special teams. I mean, they still can't get over the fact that they sat well, that, back against the Cowboys and watched the onsides kick. That was just ridiculous because they were literally like just watching the ball. It was like the Falcons had never played football before. <laughs> They're just like, hey, you want to play special teams? Come on. Let's, let's go get a kickoff. So, yeah, I don't think this is the week for them. All right. 
So we still have our, our bet going of which coach loses their job first. Is it Dan Quinn, uh, Adam Geese, and there was one other one. Who was the other one? I can't remember now. Yeah, I don't know. Who was the other one that you had thrown in there? I can't remember. Who Who was oh, it for you? Bill O'Brien, of course. Oh, yeah, Bill. How can you forget Bill I O'Brien? Him. You hate that guy. I do. I hate him. Not as one. much as I hate Adam Gase, though. So who are you going with? Are you going with Gase to get fired first? Yes, definitely. I'll give him one more week. And who's the clown in Atlanta? What's his name? Dan Quinn. I'll take Quinn. How about that? We'll go 20 bucks now. We'll lock it in. You get Gase, and I hate Gase, too, but I'll take Quinn. Because I'll tell you what, Quinn loses again with another stupid play by the team. I don't know that there's any way they can keep him around. They got to get rid of him. And all the big changes were supposed to happen on defense, and they're like a sieve out there. So, all right, closing thoughts. Um, are you proud of me that I did not make the Eagles a pick this week? No. No, okay. Are you proud of yourself for finding that awesome shirt? I really like it. I am. That's and you know it actually Tana Thrill. Well, anytime I've ever bought anything off of Facebook, it usually takes forever to get here and it comes from like some foreign country. This actually came from Tennessee. And it came quick. And they sent me a little email to say thank you. Well, you know where that shirt would look best? Where? Crumpled up on our bedroom floor. Oh, Let's Jesus. go. All right. On that note, do you have any football related closing costs? <laughs> no, nah, that's it. Okay. Good luck Did I just say four? closing costs? Closing, no, closing thoughts. <laughs> Did you say closing thoughts or um closing thoughts? You kind of you were slacking on the sign. I know I said it quite a few times. My arm got tired. It was impossible to lift a sign every time you said um. You, I would literally pull the sign and you, and you would fire back out. The next five words, one of them would be um, and you had no idea. I can't wait till we play this one back. Oh, great. All right. Peace out.